Melissa Major hello. on the podcast hello. today. Hello. Say hello. <laughs> hello. Hello. <laughs> I, I'm really excited because um, Melissa is someone that we, like, we, we worked together. We did, yeah. I trained you. You did. You did. You and did. I'm currently mm-hmm. sitting about a foot and a half above you. <laughs> you are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this is a really interesting dynamic. How are you feeling? I feel good. I feel good. Yeah. <laughs> are you Are you ready to share your most intimate and uh, personally important songs and have me ask about them? Perhaps not, but here we go. Okay. <laughs> I might not ask about them, so we'll, we'll see you, how this goes. You absolutely can. <laughs> I I would I like to start off with a song. That's something that I did a lot okay. last season, and um, the more I did it, the more the more I liked it. Do you have a song for us? I do.
There's so many influences there, and I could hear them all. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Maybe you can tell me about them. (laughs) Well, like, I mean, you were talking earlier about how people often relate you to, like, Jewel. Mm -hmm. And I hear that. I definitely hear that. Mm -hmm. Um, And Sarah Harmer. Yeah. Yeah. I do get those two a lot, yeah. Uh, But earlier I mentioned Britpop, and and that was the case when you were doing, like, a different song. Mm -hmm. Um, And, I mean, that we have so many influences, right? Like, there's... I'm sure you listen to more than like a couple of artists. I'm definitely a mosaic when it comes to music. I like a lot of different genres. Yeah, like from metal to folk to... Do you find it shifts a lot over time? Absolutely. I, when I was younger, I think I really went with the trends. I didn't necessarily have a mind of my own for a little while there. And then... Wait, what I do you s- consider trends? Like, names Just artists. radio, sort of. Oh, gosh, fuck. I don't know, like stupid shit like Dishwalla. Oh God, I don't even know what Dear, that is. Oh man, um, <laughs> wait, wait. Uh, wait, maybe. It's like wait, ringing a bell. In the streets saying, do you walk been ascending? And it's like, it's, you meet God or something? <laughs> yeah, ask, if you, oh fuck, I can't remember. It's, it's escaping me, but. Um, is this like, like a top 40 hit? Maybe, I mean, from a while ago. Do you remember the Big Shiny Tunes? I definitely bought yeah. like the first few of those. Okay. Uh, like, I don't know. Fuck, I'm so bad at recalling names and things like, like this. Like what year? What year of the Big Shiny Tunes? Yeah, I feel like I oh, knew fuck. I knew Big Shiny Tunes really well in like 98. Wait, am I not supposed to swear on this? <laughs> I, it's actually rated mature content. So, Ooh, excellent. Uh, you can do whatever Say you want. Say whatever I want. I don't want to restrict <laughs> the people that I have on my podcast, okay? They can they can do whatever they want. Wonderful. Good. And it's that's something that we, we talked about, actually. It's very much like mm-hmm. you do you. You were driving, and I'm just along for the ride and trying to, like, get at what makes you great. Mm, yeah. What people need to know about you. <laughs> well, I don't know. I've been, I've been playing a guitar a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, my first How guitar... Long? Well, my first guitar was gifted to me by, by someone else, and I was, like, seven or eight. Whoa. Yeah. What? Hold the phone. Well, it was my mom's boyfriend like at the time. You were like seven or eight playing guitar. Yeah. Yeah. What? She was with a man for 10 years after my father. What did you play as a seven-year-old? I honestly, I, I don't remember the chords. I don't think there were even any. But I remember that my first song I ever wrote was about cats, which says a lot right. about how much I love cats, probably. Yeah. What? Um, Wait. Mm-hmm. When you wrote your song about cats, mm-hmm. what age were you and what year was I it? I think I might have been about eight. Oh, fuck. Um, well, I'm 37 now, and I was born in 82. Okay. So I'll let you and the wonderful audience do the math. Just when I was coming into the world. <laughs> right? <laughs> you weren't even around yet. I was making music. <laughs> well, not, not quite. A little... I was, like, two. You were, like... Okay, well, there you go. <laughs> or a peanut. <laughs> but, like, there's a lot of difference mm-hmm. in that, you know, those few short years. Sure. It gets... Less and less difference as you get older. I think so, yeah. Um, at that time, we were very different. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of just always stayed with me. So Now, you... Um, I know that you're kind of like self-deprecating a lot. Oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> How do you feel about your own song? The one you just played? The one I just played? Uh, good about it. Uh, it's not... It's, it's about two years old. Uh, maybe a little older than that. Um, 
So I guess if I had a critique, it would be that it's not fresh enough, perhaps, if, if I were being self-deprecating. No, you don't have to be. <laughs> I'm just, like, calling you um, out on it. But I guess... Uh, I do. I do like that song yeah. quite a lot. In fact, all three songs that I'm, that I'm performing this evening came to me uh, in terms of the writing and, and it just becoming coming into fruition came to me relatively quickly um and often those are the ones that strike me the most the things that I sort of get into um there's like a handful of songs that I've written that is like I wrote them as it was happening right and it just came out perfect yeah and in fact I'm I sort of kick myself sometimes because I don't I don't record myself enough just randomly which we were talking about earlier Mm. yeah when (laughs) Um, I was yelling at you at my (laughs) piano to you in the bathroom right I was peeing through the the uh, what do you call it? Drywall door. <laughs> and we were talking. It was great. You were peeing through the sliding door. Through the sliding drywall door <laughs> of life. Um, <laughs> and and so I often come up with some really great stuff on the spot. And then yeah. and then later, in fact, if people are around to witness it, which is rare, because mm-hmm. um, I'm nervous and shy when it comes to, I guess, uh, on the fly, um, or more so nervous and, f- and shy. Uh, and they'll say, oh, play that again. And I'll say, I don't think I can. <laughs> and honestly, they're more disappointed than me a lot of the time because I'm kind of into ephemeral art. Uh, and I sort of love that about those pieces because they surprise even me. You know, I start mm-hmm. to play a little riff and then I start to sing. And sometimes, honestly, I've even cried. I mean, I've even experienced some pretty intense emotions. Some of my biggest in those moments. moments and it's, have been right? while making up, while improvising. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, that's, yeah. I honestly refer to my music as my musical journal, that it's this thing that's sort of kept me afloat for a very long time. And I'm almost privileged that I have it in my life, as opposed to being like, yeah, I, I try to make money off this. It's more like, thank God I have that. What was the last time you were very deeply moved by writing music or improvising music like Mm. something that was of the moment you created it in that moment and it moved you absolutely well um the the song i'm gonna the actually the next song i'm gonna sing for this evening tell me paint me a picture of you writing this song (laughs) so the picture of the painting the song okay um so i was going through a very difficult time emotionally and it was so difficult for me what time of day was this what time of day was it when i was writing the song how it was long evening. Did it, take? it was evening. I mm-hmm. oh man, yeah. It was evening. I was preparing. So it was a Thursday, actually. I remember the day even. What? Yeah, it was after this work. This is a Thursday. This is a Thursday. Oh, it's just like that Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> just like that Thursday. <laughs> and I had decided that that night was going to be a night for me to spend time with myself and to to be creative. Mm-hmm. So I sat down with my guitar and I knew that the show I recently played with Trisha Ro- at Trisha Ro- like not at Trisha Robinson's but at um, the Sunday Brunch. The right? Sunday Brunch. Yeah, the the fuck what's the place where we played? Damn. It's a vintage store. It's really amazing. La Marche Noire. Something about It's La Marche Noire oh. and it's a uh, it is. It's Sunday it's banana bread Sundays. Yes. And <laughs> it's once a month and I got to play this really amazing show at this really amazing vintage shop that you should all check out. Um, also we work with Trisha too. That's and Trisha Robinson, who's amazing. Yeah. Word. A little yeah. pound out to Trisha. Union. <laughs> so I knew the show was coming up, and I, th- I really wanted everything to be new originals, but in the end, I only ended up writing a few, and I really only played this one because I really loved it. So it's a Thursday, and I've, I've booked some time for me, and uh, I had been going through a really difficult emotional time to the point where I wasn't listening to music at all because I was crying listening to music and I couldn't I was playing a lot of musical stuff and and recording a lot of riffs that I was messing around with but I couldn't do anything lyrically I would try and I would begin to blubber like 
just blubber. Um, and so here is this Thursday night, and I'm stoked for the show, and it just, this music flowed from my fingers and it flowed from my lips like it wasn't even me. Like, like it had been brewing and accumulating over this period of nearly, well, several months. And I was just like, wow, I've been unconsciously creating this, and here it is. Um, and so that's probably, yeah, that's definitely the, the most recent piece that I've really connected with and that allowed me to, to move through some pretty deep shit. <laughs> yeah, I, like, I've, this is something that I've heard a bunch of different artists talk about mm. and, like, that sense of, like, when you're writing something, it's like this external thing to yourself is moving through you. Yeah, But sometimes. then at the same time, there's, like, also this incredibly, like, tied to yourself part of it. Absolutely. And so it's like this, it's like this greater force gets to move the emotions through your body in a way that you couldn't mm -hmm. do yourself. I, I wish there were better language around it because I don't like the religious uh, connotation personally, mm -hmm. but it really feels sometimes quite spiritual to write a to write a song, to be playing music. And oh, well, it's good for the soul. Absolutely. For sure. I mean, there's a reason there's soul music and everyone yeah. loves it. Like, who doesn't love soul music? Right? <laughs> I like mean, there's something wrong with your soul if you don't like soul music on some level, <laughs> like some of it. <laughs> sure, absolutely, absolutely. It's, it's just good, and and yeah, and at the same time too, as much as it's this gift I've been imbued with, because I'm really, in a sense, I think was born with a musical talent. Like some people can draw and some people can paint. I mean, you can learn all these skills as well, of course, but it it really came quite naturally to me. I haven't really done anything uh, in terms of training. Um, I got lucky through school. There was a music class, so I learned vocals, and I got a couple of years of guitar and one was year this of like keyboarding. High school? Yeah, yeah. Because uh, me too. I was like high school educated. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so as much as I see it as this external piece, I also it is like you say. It's very. It's still very much me. Um, but it's also a gift at the same time. Mm -hmm. You know, because some of it, it is me still. But some of it, I guess, feels like it's like you say, coming from not me. What song? I guess, okay, so you already had decided what songs you wanted to play. I had, yes. But I'm going to ask you what song um, you think that your teen self <laughs> would feel mm. really like, that's what I'm going to be. That's what I'm going to be? Or that's what yeah, I'm going to Yeah, like play? that's, like if your teen self heard the song that you have written oh, and performed. I recently saw something on Facebook. Uh, that someone had posted that said, my teenage self would think I was cool and hot and that's enough, you know? And I thought, fuck, yeah, actually, if that were enough of a standard, I am fucking winning because I actually really believe that my teenage self would think I'm pretty fucking hot and pretty fucking cool. Um, sorry, that's a little vanity there. No, um, no, do not, do not apologize <laughs> for that. Not that I necessarily walk around feeling that way all the time <laughs> these days, but I think if my teenage self were to take a look, it would be pretty impressed. Like, so, I think so yeah, would I have looked at this song and been like, fuck yeah? Yeah, I would. Absolutely. Absolutely. Especially when you look at the evolution of... No, not the song you just played, but like what song? Oh, what song? What song? Do you um, think they would there be are like two. most like excited yeah, and proud of? There are two that I have in mind. One, I actually played at a high school talent show. And it was a song I'd written for this. You played at a high school yeah. talent show. Were you also in high school? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was when I was 32. No, it yes. Was last yes, week. Yes. <laughs> yes, I was also, I was a student at the school that I was playing in the talent show for. Yes. Yeah. And I'd had, because that would have, if I had been 32, the next part of the story would be really weird where I had a crush on one of the cheerleaders. <laughs> 
because I did. But no, I was, guys, I was in the school. Don't worry. I was young. It's okay. Um, I had a crush on the cheerleaders and the song. I just wanted to be a cheerleader so badly. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Not me. But I could see that. Yeah. I wanted to, I guess if I, at that time, if I wanted to be anyone, it would have been like some big husky masculine jock that all the ladies would have wanted to flock to. I think that's what I was. <laughs> Lucky, no. But I wanted to be the cheerleader. <laughs> Grass is always greener. <laughs> yeah, no, the, the women didn't flock to me. Just the, the very emotional men. <laughs> mm. Yeah, that happens. Yeah. <laughs> Even for me, sadly, sometimes. <laughs> uh, uh, high school is so weird. <clears throat> It really was. And at the time, it didn't, it just felt devastating sometimes. But now looking back, I'm just like, what an awkward time of life that really is. And when I see younger folks now, I'm like, you're going through some shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I write for um, a website and we, I write like sex positive, like whatever. I talk about sex. That's <laughs> and great. And I get paid for it. And that's great. That is really great. Um, and if I had have told like my younger self that, I would have been so excited and so within a sense of like disbelief because the place mm. that I grew up was so like that would never happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You would never be able to get paid for that. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of things you think would never happen as a young person um, in terms of sheltered and etc., I actually did nude model for a period of time what? in my life in my early 20s. In fact, it's how I met my first long-term girlfriend. I asked her out on a date after nude modeling for her for the first time. <laughs> Yeah, great, wow. great meeting story. Too bad it didn't work out because, I mean, nothing beats that meeting story, I don't think. How much did you hang on to that relationship because the story <laughs> of how you met was so good? Mm, <laughs> I'm not sure. I'd have to really assess that. But maybe yeah. you both, There's definitely, I'm sure, a portion of it. I'm that sure. might be a good conversation for you to have with, right. with your ex. Mm. It's funny, too, because I remember when I was going to do my first session, which was, it was through university, and I was getting paid uh, to do, like, an art modeling class, like, where they were drawing, mm-hmm. a life drawing class, and I remember having this weird, because I was raised Roman Catholic, I'm not a religious person, but I was raised within a religion, and I remember having this weird dilemma, and so I called my mom, and at the time, I also didn't shave. I lived in um, British Columbia, and I was just, like, having a great time, and I said to her, I'm doing nude modeling. Is that, like, is that okay? Are you okay with that? In a sense. I don't mm-hmm. think I said exactly that. But And her concern wasn't that I was nude. Her concern was that I was hairy. She said, but aren't you worried they'll think you're dirty? And I remember thinking that was so funny. I, in fact, even asked, well, do you think that about men? No, but that's different, she said. And I just thought, wow, that's really interesting. My mom doesn't give a shit. I'm naked. <laughs> she cares that I have hairy armpits. <laughs> no, but, but that's like the extent to which there is like generational programming sure you know like the amount of brainwashing that happens to people Mm. and when you start like waking up to it and seeing like different ways of looking at the world and how like shocked you are that other people think that way but then you yourself probably did at one time Mm -hmm. and it's just that that sense of like growth versus people who aren't growing and like not seeking out like the no the new way of looking at things and um yeah, I don't know if I was going with that, <laughs> going anywhere with that. I think I started at the end of that cycle. Like, I think I actually started at the new way of thinking and later was programmed to think the other way. And in fact, maybe kids do in a way, because I remember people saying things to me like uh, when I was very, very young, I would want to take my shirt off like all the boys did. 
put your shirt back on. Or uh, I when I got a bit older, maybe I was 12 or so, someone said, you should shave your legs. I had really blonde hair on my legs, but it was obvious that my legs were... And I came home and my mother said, well, someday, but not yet. And I remember thinking, well, why do I have to shave? Well, because you're a woman. And I... I as a, at a very young age, before I understood the politics behind it and later studied sociology mm-hmm. and a lot of gender uh, norms, uh, I was like, but that makes no sense and that's stupid. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think I've kind of always been... Maybe that's another thing I'm blessed with is in the sense that I just have this really analytical brain that goes, but that makes no fucking sense. Mm-hmm. Make, make sense of it for me. And then people go, yeah, but I can't. It just is. And then I'm like, well, I'm not subscribing to that then. I think I... I can really relate to that, but I think I also went to the, um, like, no, I guess that's just the way it is. Like, I was upset, but mm-hmm. I think I, like, very quickly moved on to, okay, that's the way it is, mm-hmm. and just accepting, and then being like, I'm going to be the best at this, and mm-hmm. then trying really hard, and then realizing that that is very difficult to do, and it's not sustainable, and at mm-hmm. some point, you have to relax, and also, at some point, you have to realize it's not important, and fewer and fewer people think that it is. That's yep. great. It is great. That is great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I have to say, it is really nice to occasionally, like, I love growing my hair, my whole, like, body hair. And mm-hmm. I, I love, like, just sitting in that and really enjoying it. It has, like, a certain, like, aspect to it that I really enjoy, like, a certain flavor of experience. Sure. And then also, I just love, like, completely, like, just shaving everything. Just, I am completely, like, hairless. This is magic. Yeah, I think versatility is really where it's at. Yeah, it's nice to just be able to enjoy different like sensations in your body and like looks and not have anyone judge that or think that that is the only way that you can be. Yeah, this last summer uh, was the first time in a very long time uh, that I had left left my legs hairy and I bared them like I wore shorts. And I have really hairy legs for what is considered normal, quote unquote, for a female, someone mm-hmm. who, you know, is born... Uh, with a vulva and breasts um, and I was quite worried at first just to drive, ride the metro I thought oh if someone corners me and then I have to deal with their bullshit but honestly no one said anything although I did notice a lot of people notice <laughs> but, but it also felt liberating and it honestly in terms of me being in my own body it felt good oh, that's what I really love about Montreal actually mm-hmm. Montreal and before I lived here I lived in Guelph both places and I imagine certain other places like Lots of BC and probably Halifax. <laughs> um, there's ge- just generally people are like, yeah, hair legs. Cool. Sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it is nicer yeah. to be in a place where it's happening more often. It certainly yeah. feels a lot more comfortable to do I think it. there's actually like, in Montreal specifically, I think there's like a culture of like, like you are cool if you can pull off hairy legs. <laughs> like it's an, it's a hard look to pull off like really well. Mm-hmm. But like when people do, like, oh, it's so good. <laughs> I, I don't know how other people perceive me, but I really do think that I carry an air of masculine feminine with me because mm. I, I have the curve, I have breasts, I have hips, but I think somehow that my body represents a very masculine space as well. At least that's how I feel. I don't know if other people see it, but I certainly feel that way when I walk through the world. Yeah, I feel that way too. And so for me, that sort of juxtaposition between the hairy, hairy legs and the curvy, curvy body... This summer, it felt, it, like I say, it felt really liberating. And in terms of being in my own body, it felt really good. Nice. So even though, I, I'm not going to lie, I sit there and I definitely contemplate, not the whole time, but like the, the social impact. I'm like, oh, is anyone noticing? Is And again, it was the first time in a while. It would be nice to work on that a bit and just let that go. But uh, yeah. What is your next song? 
cool. Uh, am I supposed to title them? I don't know. I haven't really been. No, you don't have to title it. You just play it. You don't even have this to. This is my next song. <laughs> <laughs> this. <laughs> well, this one actually I, I called New Sad. Hmm. Um, and then the AKA, because I couldn't really decide, I suppose, between the two titles is Place Your Bets. Wait, wait. Place Your Bets. All right. P-E-T-S. My most... Is is this your newest song? This is the baby. This is not even a month old yet. My newest song, which is probably... It's hard to say how old it is because it like, when did it really finish? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, But it's... (laughs) Mm -hmm. My newest song that I'm going to also be recording this weekend is... um, Also includes some gambling in there. Ooh, very exciting. Gambling. Hot us. Hot topic. Hot topic. (laughs) Should I play that song now? You should play that song. I should. I will. Jenny Lewis. No, I do not know who that is. Or I might look her up. Because I, I think you'll like her. <laughs> Sweet. I'm sure I will. <laughs> oh, man. I like it. Thank you. I do too. Yeah. I'm quite happy with that song. 
Fresh, hot off the press. It is hot <laughs> off the press. <laughs> the press being your heart? I don't know. Second time I ever play it, well, not live, I suppose, but uh, that I share it with the public. Wow. Yeah, second time. Yeah. What was the first? At the Sunday, uh, Banana Sunday. Bread Sunday. That was what, La Marche Noire. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was, it was three weeks November. ago now. Yeah, it was the second, it was the last week, last Sunday of November, so mm-hmm. the 27th, mm-hmm. I believe. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, not too long ago. Mm-hmm. I had uh, shared it with a few family members. And I sent it to Trisha Robinson and my bestie, uh, Nicole Allman. Shout out to Nicole Allman. She's also a musician, really wonderful. Um, yeah. Uh, and you I've known also someone who, by that really name, so I'm like, musician. do I know this You person? might. You I might very well. If you, have, if you don't uh, know her very close, you might have rubbed elbows with her at like a show or open mic Maybe. or something. Mm-hmm. I've known at least one in my life. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like Nicole Allman, exactly that same yeah. name? Oh, well, it might be the same human. <laughs> It might very well be, yeah. <laughs> you're like, oh no, memories now. No, I don't know why you're giggling. No, I'm I'm laughing because we specifically said we wouldn't talk about what the song is about. But oh, but now you want to ask. I want to ask. I want to mm. know mm. who's the horse. You, <clears throat> her. She was a horse at one point, and then not you. me. Someone else. Maybe definitely. she. Okay. Yeah, it's it's her. She's the okay. <laughs> she. Yeah. Well. Yeah. And it's. I, the running theme kind of was was the theme, and then the the horse part and the running for bets just sort of came organically. Um, honestly, I had a few reservations about it. I, I thought, is it? I mean, this is obviously thinking too much about others, which is something I do too much of uh, in this really arbitrary, weird way. But uh, wondering, is it rude to refer to someone as an animal? And at the end of the day, it's like, who fucking cares? <laughs> it's a great song, and it it really expresses a lot of what I felt and that's I think at the end of the day what matters um, and I don't think the song is particularly rude or offensive in any way no but I, th- I think that the songs are kind of like dreams where it's mm. like the imagery that you use in songs are similar to imagery you would see in dreams where it's like sure. it's something that represents something meaningful to you in your own unique way and I think if you think about the track and you see those horses my god are they running for it yeah and I think that that particular uh representation really it really felt accurate uh i was total. i think i was interpreting slightly differently okay tell me i was like betting horses and like this horse is like the one like a race course kind of horse and i was thinking like they don't choose this <sighs> oh like they, you know what i like think that's just as relevant i think that's just as relevant because i think the things that we i think sometimes our coping mechanisms and the things that we uh fall prevy to and that's not the right word the things that we tend to do uh, sometimes because they feel the most familiar are things that we're, we don't want to do that. We're sort of stuck. Mm-hmm. I think that's absolutely relevant and what a beautiful interpretation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But also like just super driven, you know, like there's yes. a feverish like intensity. Yes. You need that. All of the above. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and then my other reservation was that it almost sounds like the word whore. And so, which I wasn't intentional and I don't mean that word at all. <laughs> that it's, was just you being anxious but it and was me being like, if I don't pronounce this word enough for an audience, they might very well think I'm talking about something else, which isn't only... Oh, you weren't going to go the, uh, the like, root of a lot of 90s, like, uh, grunge musicians. Um, like whole? <clears throat> like a lot, really. Um, <laughs> <laughs> where you just, like, slur your words. Um, I think maybe some of my songs. In fact, there was one that I wrote uh, that had to do, also a lot of my songs have to do with heartbreak or just, like love and loss which is mm-hmm. the same fucking thing um, <laughs> but uh, one of them had to do with just sort of feeling 
kind of devastated through a certain experience and it, it almost came across when I was playing it like I was drunk playing it but not not drunk more it was like a messy mm. just like the chords start to play into itself and then everything you can't tell what's what or it gets to be really sharp or really flat and that was part of the aesthetic mm-hmm. uh, and the voice cracking and so yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's something that like when I'm when I am writing a song and I record it for the first time in that moment where I'm feeling raw and I like twang my guitar in a sure. weird way or it like snaps and hits my fretboard and you can hear that mm-hmm. sort of like thwap. Part of me is like, that was the honest, true, original version of this song. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. it's, you try to bring that forward, but it's difficult sometimes to keep it. Yeah. Yeah. How does a song change to you for you? Like the more you play it? I often find they get better. Um, it's like I create this rigid body of it and then it starts to just get more flowy over time. The like same mine. happens when I cover songs. I find I cover it, I learn the basics and then I really make it my own. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's like, it's like anything. I would actually say it's maybe like how I've, how I've gone through life in my own body, just getting more and more comfortable being like, okay, this is, this is my shit. This is what I'm in. This is, mm-hmm. and learning to, you know, feel the freedom in it um, and making it your own. So yeah, I think my songs get better over time as I play them and as I, they evolve. Yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of, you have another song that I you're going to sing for us. I do. Um, do you want to say anything about it? Uh, yeah. So this song, uh, like the first, was written about two years ago. They were both written about the same time, although uh, about two different people. <laughs> um, uh, and this song is called uh, Shark Tank. And mm, and it's kind of about Wait, is is your ex the shark in this one? Um, this it was has the horse in the last. So the, so. the, the, the middle song has nothing to do. So the, actually, all three songs are about different people. So uh, no song is connected to the other in terms of the person. But or do you associate people with uh, with animals generally? Do I associate people with animals generally? I feel like I do mm, with a lot of people. Like there's there's question. some people that I meet. and I'm like, oh, you're totally this animal. I definitely yeah, I definitely meet people and think it's they not look everyone, like a particular animal. <laughs> yeah, where I'm like, you look like yes. That happens, but like dude, sometimes you meet someone and you're just like, oh, you're <laughs> such a bear. Oh, you know? sure. Yeah. Or like, if, oh, you are such mm. a golden retriever. Or like, <laughs> you know? Hmm. I think more for me, it would be aesthetic. It would be mm. like, you sort of look like this or that. Like, I really love. Um, I've definitely known someone that looked like a capybara. A what? Capybara. They're like basically very large uh, hamsters. <laughs> That sounds like really cute. Big. Oh, right. I know exactly what you're talking about yeah. now all of a sudden. They sort of almost have beaver teeth a little bit, but mini version. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Like, yeah. Yes. I know this creature. I feel like there's a cartoon from my childhood that I barely remember that was like mm. a shaky version. I think it, they may have been, it may have been like an Australian cartoon. I don't know. Probably. But they were definitely capybars. Because isn't it? It, it, it is an Australian creature, is it not? Or that like would more make prevalent there than yeah. elsewhere? Yeah. I think it is. Mm-hmm. I'm, yeah. I'm talking out of my ass, but. Not as well. <laughs> Psychologist, not even. Barely. I'm a musician and a poet. And I can say that with confidence. Creator, producer. Yeah, podcast host. I'm yeah. a producer. And an artist. Yeah, I'm a lot of things. Yeah, I'm a writer. A I do yeah. a lot of things. Yeah, yeah check do. me out. I'm at Nikki, you know. <laughs> I'm not here to promote myself at all. I'm just here to fucking play some tunes. Yeah, and we're talk just about here with awesome Melissa Major and that Nikki, you know, you know, having a podcast in the, the library here. Yeah, I love this library. By the cult de sac. Yeah. <laughs> Manoir Beaux-Arts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So, Shark Tank is a little bit about um, just dating in general, 
uh, yeah, and I think that pretty much sums that up, maybe in a really nice little nutshell. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Also, I was so not sure what I would talk about, and this has been so wonderful. Yeah, I'm like, we're talking, like, really easily. Is this going to be all talk? (laughs) Yeah, and then you were like, wait, I should probably prompt her to play something. (laughs) I also feel like at some point I just want to say, can I just say that it's really nice how many bodices there are? Like, there's all these, like, body mannequins around here. Right? It's It's just, it's beautiful. I love it. There was one at Junk House, but um, that was it. Just one. This is, like, so many more. Disappointing Junk House. No, it's not just, it's smaller. It's, it's a different space. <laughs> like, hey, hey, whoa, it's whoa. a different space. Be nice to you. It's just, it's also lovely. Of course it is. It's, that's not where we were earlier, is it? No. No. <laughs> that's where I used to live. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Junk House is amazing and great and wonderful. And I meant to say nothing ill about it. I apologize. <laughs> also, can I just say that um, we are two ladies gabbing away at a podcast and we have a man listening dedicated on headphones this entire time yes yeah i like it <laughs> I, I don't know that it that it's like quote-unquote fair but i certainly do like to to reverse the roles like that i'm a huge fan of that kind of stuff yeah i'm like you know what 
not a lot of men listen to women. Yeah, like when this I'm great. when I'm at a dinner party <laughs> and there's a man in the kitchen, I'm like, fuck yes, I love seeing this. And I will remark, like maybe not aloud, but I will notice. I will notice with my eyeballs and mm-hmm. my psyche that that is what's happening because it is so at least in terms of the dinner parties and family dynamic that I'm around, it's so very rare. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really nice to see. And I won't oh, yeah. fucking pat him on the back for it, though. I'll be like, yeah, you better. <laughs> yeah, like, that's what everyone but, should be. Yeah, doing. like how people that's are always like, like, oh, good for you. You're being a dad. And it's like, well, does anyone do that for the mom? Probably not. <laughs> yeah, so, like, there's there's definitely a lot of, like, deeply rooted gender politics. Definitely. And, like, for sure, that is where I'm coming from. Yeah, yeah, and that's why I was like, I'm there <laughs> like, with you. Yeah. There's one thing where it's, <laughs> it's like, fun. gender doesn't matter, but then there's also, like, centuries of oppression, so. Well, it's a little bit of both. <laughs> I mean, both can coexist in the sense that we're, we're deconstructing and redefining gender. Mm-hmm. However, that doesn't necessarily negate the fact that some serious gender roles and people who live very strictly within them uh, are still very present in our current society. Yeah, like gender shouldn't matter. It just it has for so long. Yeah. <laughs> and honestly, a lot of times when I talk even about my own gender representation and how I feel as a gendered person, I wish, I, I probably should do more reading, honestly, but I wish there were better language around it. I wish I didn't have to use masculine and feminine to bracket and define. I, I really do, I would love to see some more evolution in the language there. Yeah, I think my, my experience of this is actually like, really recent when I think about it in in terms of my lifespan like there's um, I think I read gender um, oh what was it I'm blanking on the name like how I was blanking earlier about music references (sighs) there was a really good book by mm, it's all Ivan Ivan E. Coyote wrote a book ooh yes Ivan E. Coyote I saw them but it was with um, with oh. Ray Spoon. Yes. Yes. I was like, Spoon. Yes. I remember Spoon. <laughs> but I don't remember the name of the book, although I do own a few, um, but more of the short stories. Although that might have been a short story book. What do you know of Ray Spoon? Uh, anyth- I'm, again, really bad with titles. What do you know of Ivan E. Coyote? Um, I saw them both perform live for the first time in British Columbia. Cool. And Together? Yes, at the same show, in this really wonderful Ooh. little cafe. Do you think they were Victoria promoting BC. this book? This is, we're talking, like, I'm in my, again, we're talking like a decade ago, maybe even more than that. Um, I'm talking like, well, I'm not sure so when I the feel book like was this written, is but. Probably, but I mean, I've, I'm I, sure I've heard of the title of this book, and I. They've also been friends for a while. Yes, they have. <laughs> yes, they have been friends a long time. <clears throat> and they're both really amazing performers. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. remember I saw, um, I I've seen both of them perform at Hillside, actually. Very cool. They're amazing. Yeah, very, very cool. well there you have it that was amazing thank you so much for having me yeah thanks for coming on the podcast i I was really excited i think this uh season two has been really fun creating and working on and i i've got like such a good lineup i actually have slightly more people that want to do season two than i have slots that i allotted to having season two so i might have just extra season three or maybe I'll stop having seasons. Ooh. Just flip a table and say, we don't have seasons anymore. Ooh. We just do this forever. Sure. The <laughs> never-ending season. Until I get tired. That's the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for doing this. Um, this has been very lovely. And I look glad. forward to future episodes, folks. you got to oh, yeah. be listening to this with me. It's very, very cool shit. Right? It is great. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And don't forget, Patreon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I have a Patreon account. 
Um, I, I'm so new to Patreon. Like it was like what a day and a half, two days ago that I launched this campaign. When this is airing, it will have been at least a month uh, because I'm slow. Maybe if I'm really great, it'll be in like two weeks. And by the time this is airing, I will probably have some uh, an EP recorded mm-hmm. and uh, some links, uh, most likely on Bandcamp, yeah. uh, to share uh, with the when it gets published, I which guess, will definitely be in the description. Oh yeah, of this podcast. So oh, check yeah. it out. Um, it's on Anchor and all that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's a wrap. <clears throat> Let's go smoke a joint. <laughs> <laughs> also the bodices I love it right so That's many great. awesome mannequin yeah. unknown artist is recorded at the library and uh, please check out our patreon page and support us share all the love see you next week <laughs>